0: right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's good to have everybody in the house. Anybody excited to be here today? Come on. Anybody excited in Lawrenceburg? Come on. Can we show some love for our Lawrenceburg Faith family? It's good to have you guys in the house. If you didn't hear it already, we got approved for our building permit. Finally, finally, finally up in Lawrenceburg. So we're moving ahead there. Lawrenceburg. So excited what God's doing there. Well, listen, my name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor, and it's a privilege to have all of you here. If you are Faith family, man, it's great to have you this morning. If you happen to be a first-time guest, a VIP, I want you to know, man, we're glad you're here, whether you're in Florence or in Lawrenceburg, or even if you're watching online, man, thanks for tuning in. I just got to tell you this, I got a lot of content to cover uh, today, but I just want to say this, coming into this series that we started last week entitled Relationship Goals, I just want you to know that as your pastor and as a primary communicator here at Faith Church, I never, ever, ever... Get up here because I feel like I have to say something. I always get up here with something to say. I always get up here with a passion, something that I feel like God's given me for this house or what I believe the body of Christ needs to hear. And, but I just want you to know, in this series, I just have a very particular burden for relationships. There, we have so many, and I just want you to know, I like, people send me messages on a regular basis of broken relationships and broken marriages. Something has to change if we're going to have a different relationship, different friendships, different dating patterns, different marriages. It's not going to change by just hoping it changes. It's going to change through action and through intention. And so I just want to encourage you, man, wherever you're at in your relationships, man, to open up your heart. I'm believing God to heal, for God to restore, for God to give purpose, for God to give direction for every relationship represented at Faith Church. Come on, high people's down for that? Here, and here's why I'm just going to tell you, and this is what we talked about last week, is that... Again, man, the stakes, when it comes to relationship, the stakes are significant. Relationships hold such a significant role in all of our lives. Our relationships define our past, and they determine our future. Show me who you used to run with, hang out with, whatever, and I'll show you who you are today. Show me who you're doing life with now, and I'll show you who you're going to be tomorrow. Friends, relationships, significant others, those that exist inside of our circle of influence, they directly impact our character, our outcome, how we walk and where we're going. So I just want to encourage you, man, to have selective, uh, to have this intentional selection in the people you're going to run with. Because, again, they're playing such a significant role in all of our lives. So I grew up in Akron, Ohio, and right up the road from Akron, Ohio, come on, I don't, come on, I see, I don't, come on, listen, don't hate, come on, there's, so much, there's two in the house, Jesus shows up with two or more, so. So I grew up in Akron, Ohio, which is just right down the road, about an hour and a half or two hours from Sandusky, Ohio. If you don't know what's in Sandusky, how there's not much there, but there's one thing there, and it is an amusement park. And it's not just any amusement park. It's called, it's called Cedar Point. And if you don't know about Cedar Point, it's the best amusement park. It has captured the title of the roller coaster capital of the world. You got to say it with some oomph. Like, this is not a place where you go in and wander around roller coaster capital of the world All over that park, I'm telling you, it feels like almost every year they have a new roller coaster where they get the highest, the fastest, the steepest, the loopiest. I mean, you just go in there, and it is absolutely, if you're an amusement park person, especially a roller coaster park person, it is the place to go. If you've never been there, I'm just telling you all need to make the trip. But here's the thing. I have been to that park, I mean, honestly, probably 50 times Throughout my lifetime as a youth pastor, I used to go there, take my students there, we used to go there as families, we go there with friends. But here's the thing is I love probably like many of you, I'm just observant of people. I love to watch people and there's something about getting on a roller coaster. That it's great to watch some people. Right because there's some people like you'll see this crowd of people come up to the queue, come up to the line. There's four or five and there's always one or two like I'll wait for you on the bench. Like they're not even getting in line. And then there's always some people when you get in line as you're going through, like there's always that person like halfway through is like, I'm not going to do it. And like they're tired of waiting and they get out of line. Then you see once you're ready to get on the roller coaster, this range of emotions, people are excited, people are nervous, people are, you know, like, what did I sign up for? And then the best part of the whole ride, and maybe you guys have seen this, this is on a lot of rides now, is they have very strategically placed cameras, typically at the bottom of the steepest slope And it snapshots you as you're going by. And you can get off the ride and buy it for a mere $50. (laughs) Like most of the time, like I get mad that my picture looks like it on my driver's license. I'm not paying $50 for that. But it's wonderful because on just that car, on that roller coaster ride, there's there's pictures of people who are sheer excitement and sheer fear. There's people ready to throw up. And there's people ready to get in line and do it again. I mean, it's awesome to watch from beginning to end this full range of roller coaster emotions. Now, here's what I think about is the same kind of full range of roller coaster emotions that happen on roller coasters happens on dating. There's people like, I'm not even getting in line. Nah. You go ahead. There's some people who get in line and they're tired of waiting for the right person to come along, so they get out of line. There's people about to go on the date, and they're ready to throw up. They're excited. There's people who get on it, and they regret getting on it. There's some that can't wait to get back on it. I mean, like, a roller coaster is the epitome of dating. There was um, an interview with, a, with about 1,000 adults, and they asked these group of adults to describe in one word the dating scene in today's culture. The top words were awkward, scary, adventurous, Annoying Unpredictable and irresponsible Now here's the thing is basically today's culture Looks at the dating scene and it's intimidating And most people if they can don't want to participate in it But most people want to participate in it because stats tell us 93% of people 18 to 40 want to be married Let me just plug this real quick If, if you're here and you want to date, you are dating, you plan to date, or you know somebody that you're close to as a friend, as a family member who is dating or going to date, i.e. kids, this message is for you. So if you are sitting here or you're sitting in Lawrenceburg and you're already married and you've tuned me out because I'm talking about dating, listen, this is, this is the one message a year. Come on, y'all know the message when you're ta- like, I'm up here preaching and you're like, I need to, give, I need to call so-and-so, they need to listen to this. No, the me- this is, that message is for you. This one, you need to call somebody and say, listen, I found a message you need to listen to. If someone is dating, wants to date, or you are connected or related to somebody that's in that category, I would encourage you to po- open up your ears, reveal your heart, allow God to speak to you, take great notes, put them away, and when the time comes that you're ready to date or you got a daughter going to date, just be like, here. <laughs> and hand these babies off. Because again, everybody... The majority of people, I should say, they have a longing to be connected. That longing goes all the way back to when God created us, all the way back in Genesis, in the beginning when God made Adam. Like Adam had all kinds of friends, right? God looked at him and he had a longing. He was looking for somebody like him. God looked at him and said, It's not good for a person, it's not good for man, it's not good for humanity to be alone. He's like, I got a moose, I got a bear. I got man's best friend. But God's like, no, you need somebody for you. Now, the crazy thing about Adam is when he finally got it, here's what here's my prayer. I'm praying these two words for everybody here that fits that category that I described earlier. When Adam saw Eve, when Adam saw his significant other, he said these two words, at last. Like, I'm praying That if you're here and you're on the scene, you're searching, you're in a dating relationship and it's not moving anywhere, I'm praying that you will have an at-last moment that you'll find the person that God created for you to do the rest of your life with. I wish somebody would make some noise because that's what life's about. Now, unfortunately, Adam kind of had the easy way out. I mean, ultimately, Adam didn't have to do the dating scene. God knocked him out. When he woke up, a naked woman was walking his direction and God said, there's your wife. Things have gotten a little more complicated since then. (laughs) The dating scene, come on. I mean, all of us, I don't care how old you are, the dating scene has always been awkward. In today's culture, it is especially difficult. There are all of these words. I'm I'm familiar with the dynamics of it, but like this generation has put all of these terms and there's all these things complicating what dating should be and what dating is about. We have dating apps, we have, we have these terms that we use called ghosting, when you think you find somebody and then they just disappear and they stop responding to you. Breadcrumbing, where they're just kind of leading you along, but they're not intended to really take you anywhere, but they want to keep you on their train in case they think you're the right one, but they're not really sure they want you. Micro-cheating, where you think you find somebody, but they're still texting their old boyfriend or girlfriend. Like, so there's all of this stuff that's making dating really, really complicated. And here's what I want to say is, that while dating may be difficult, it doesn't have to be dysfunctional. So my, I just want you to know that my goal today is not to take all of the complications and all of the, all of the pressure and all the emotions out of dating. My goal today that I believe the mission God gave me is to give you a path and to give you clarity and to give you checkpoints that you can walk through so you can find... That my, that's my at last. Come on, everybody shout at last. That's the person I've been waiting for. That's the person I've been praying for. That's the person that, listen, come on, parents. I'm praying that when you meet, like when, the, when your daughter brings the guy home or when your, when your son brings, that you're like, at last, that's the one. Awesome, thanks. <laughs> Is there a barrier here? Hello? Come on, because some of you, you got your kids bringing home to you like, uh, at last, he left at last. They broke up with him at last. Come on, help me somebody. Some of you need to pray some at last in and some of you need to pray some at last out. I mean, think about how complicated it is, right? We're we're no longer sure, this generation is no longer sure even how to handle the basics of building a relationship. Do I call them or do I text them? If I call them, it's too direct. If I just text, is that impersonal? Should I ask, like, do you want to go on a date, or is that too aggressive? Or do I say, do we just want to hang out, or is that too vague? And so, again, it's, it, no doubt it's difficult, but I want to make sure we're just not, and we're past the dysfunctional. What is dating? If you're taking notes, this is dating in my book. I believe this is dating in a healthy way. Dating is the intentional process to discover the right person for marriage. Dating is spouse selection. It has a purpose and it has a destination. It's not a a pit stop. It's a road. Let me help some of you. Some of you have been on a road for a long time that ain't going anywhere. Some of you have been broke down on the side of road of dating. You need to, listen, you need to get out of that car, call an Uber, and start over. (laughs) Real talk. Because this spouse selection, listen, Dating is not the destination. It's not like I found somebody and now we're dating. Some of you have been dating five years, six years, seven years, eight years. Like the goal, the destination is not dating. The purpose of dating, listen, it's an evaluation, not a destination. The goal is, is this person, the person that God made for me that I want to spend the rest of my life with? And if it is, then take the next step. If it's not, then get off the train and start over. But listen, don't, ling- uh, don't languish in dating because that's not the goal. I don't care what y'all say today. I'm preaching. I wrote this in my notes. The pressure moves people to decision. You're like, well, this feels like a lot of pressure. Like, I feel like you're telling me like I got to go get married. Good. You're hearing me then. (laughs) If you've been dating for any significant amount of time, if they're the person, take the step. My primary goal today, beyond just giving you some benchmarks for getting beyond dysfunctional dating, is this, is for some of you who have been in long-term dating relationships to get out of that relationship because it's not going anywhere, and some of you who've been like so afraid and so fearful and so concerned, my goal is, like you're dating somebody, you're like, I don't know if I'm ready, my goal is to push you into marriage. Yeah. Yeah. This is going much harder than I thought it I didn't see it going this way. Like, as I'm praying and rehearsing this this week, I intended like a whole lot more interaction. I'm sorry, As long as you're hearing me. It's a captive audience. So here's how I'm going to structure the rest of this message. How many people have ever bought a car before? Bought a car. Okay, most of us. So here's where we're going to go. If we're going to wrap this, the rest of this content, all in that idea because dating is a test drive for marriage. Dating is a test drive for marriage, I'm gonna give you five things real quick, and I want you to think about either buying a car. If some of you don't get a significant out of this, I'm gonna help you buy a car. Uh, not my goal, but if I can kill two birds with one stone, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. Number one, healthy dating requires clarity. I know that that's profound. So, about two years ago, my wife approached me, and she's like, "Babe, I would." I want to go move. I think I'm looking for another house, and I promise you, every day she'd come home, and she's sending me links to homes, and like, she don't really want to move. She's kind of, you know, she's kind of like looking around, and so early on, she kept looking at these houses, and I'm like looking at them, and I'm researching them, and I'm going on, I'm spending a bunch. Well, I kind of found out she didn't really want to move yet. She's just kind of like, I think maybe one day I want to move. Well, finally, I told her, babe, listen, I'm tired of going to look at houses you don't really want to buy. My time is precious. Your time is precious. The homeowner's time is precious. The real estate agent's time is precious. Let's do this. When you really find the home you believe it's it, call me and I'll come look at that one. Now, I'm just telling you, the same clarity that it took for us to buy a house is the same clarity you all should have when you're dating. Either you're dating, or you're not. If you're not dating, then listen, quit wasting your time, and quit wasting time with people that you just want to hang out with. But if you're dating, the same way it's clear when you're buying a car, it should be clear when you're dating, which means make your intentions known. Men don't be afraid to ask to date, and women don't be afraid to approve a date. I know I'm just going too deep for you. <laughs> See, what I'm telling you is, listen, when you're going out, you're like, hey, um, so like I've seen you at church, and I was just wondering if maybe, like, you wanted to hang out. Well, what does that mean? Do you want to be friends? Are you looking for a new BFF? Are you looking for somebody to filter your opinion through as a girl because you got another girl? Are you thinking I'm, you like me? Like, what do you want? Because I don't know how to respond to you unless I know what your yeah. hangout is vague. Date? It's clear. And girls, listen, you got to be okay approving a date if men ask for a date, which means if you don't, you already know up front, uh-uh. No, mm-mm, that's not my at last then you just need to be okay saying listen, man I'm really I'm, I'm so flattered by your your question. Listen, you're just not my type of dude as a dude that will sting <laughs> But I would rather you tell me up front you're not interested in dating then me try to figure it out for the next four months. Are we closed? Should, are we not close? Should I ask for a date? Like, let's just get clear up front. And for all of you in this place, all the women, I got it. I understand we're in a progressive culture. I'm good. I'm good with women preachers. I'm good with women president. I'm good. Listen, God created male and female equal. I'm good with all that. So if you're there like, hmm, I got to wait for him, I'm just telling you biblically, the Bible says that, that he who finds, the man who finds a woman, man who finds a wife. Finds a good thing, which I just believe personally, the man should be the pursuer. But if you're like, I want to ask too, I believe it's biblically okay for you to ask. But be, the same thing is on you. If you want a date, ask for a date. If you want a friend, ask for a friend. Am I, everybody shout clarity. clarity. We've just got to find some clarity. Second thing I think healthy dating requires is compatibility. If you're dating, make it clear you're dating. And while you're moving through the process, I think you need to make sure you're compatible with the person you're pursuing. Now, here's a picture I put together, and I want to just ask this question. How many of you guys, if, if, all the, if these cars were of equal value, and you had to drive it for the rest of your life, like, really, which one of these fits your personality? Which one you, would you feel comfortable driving? How many people here would say, like, you want the Mercedes? Like, that's your thing for the rest? How many people here would want the Jeep? How many people here would want the Lambo? Now, honestly, for life, I'm talking about for life. what you drive for the red? How many people would want the Odyssey, the minivan? And that got way more likes than I thought. I'm gonna be honest. So, several years ago, my uh, my my daughter bought a. I think it was a Toyota Celica. It was a Toyota something. And I'm mechanical. She's like, Dad, come look at this car for me, and so we drove out to Huntsville, and so I looked at this car And we decided on the spot to buy it, but I wanted to drive it home I wanted to kind of really drive it so I get in this car and if none of y'all see where I park I have driven uh, Full-size SUVs for a long long time, you know, but I get in this first of all, it's like a clown car I could barely get in it (laughs) But I'm telling you baby once I was in it Like, man, I was rolling. I was digging. It had a booming system in it. I was, come on, welcome to the jungle. Man, I had that thing booming. I'm rolling down the road. But I'm going to say it was a cool ride home. I felt like I was 19. But while it was cool for a moment, that that wasn't my long-term car. And some of you are dating for excitement instead of for the long term. See, you need to decide what kind of car are you looking for. It requires clarity. Listen, if you're, if, you're, if you're an off-road type person, if you're an adventurer, if you're a Jeep person, then don't go looking for a minivan. <laughs> but if you want a family, listen, then don't go looking for the Lambo, because those people live a fa- fast-paced life, and that's okay. Come on. Are you all hearing what I'm telling you? Like, find your fit and commit. Find your fit and commit. Like, you should know real quick if this is the person for me. And if it's not the person for you, stop wasting your time and their time. Compatibility matters. Date for function, not form. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says this. Listen. It says, don't team up with those who are... Y'all, when I stop, that's your cue to jump in. It's like double dutch. <laughs> don't team up with those who are... You know what an unbeliever is? An unbeliever is somebody that doesn't believe that Jesus is a savior, that humanity are sinners, and we can only be rescued by him. Amen. Y'all are killing me today. <laughs> Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? So while I think we ought to look for compatibility, and that compatibility makes, takes many forms and functions, I think ultimately... The number one compatibility factor we should look for is spirituality. Yes, Do these people align with my spiritual beliefs? If you are here and you're a Christ follower, listen to me. I beg you. I, I, I listen. I appeal to you out of scripture. I appeal to you out of experience. Do not date. you know why? Because dating can lead to marriage because dating is spouse selection. Don't start the process unless you want to finish the process. Don't even date people that don't have the same spiritual values as you. And here's why. Because everything flows out of spirituality, how you'll spend your money, how you'll spend your time, how you'll raise your kids. What do we do on the weekends? Do we go to the racetrack? Do we camp in the grounds? Or are we in the house of God on Sunday? And I'm telling you, I have counseled people in almost 30 years of ministry over and over and over and over and over. The person who found somebody that was far more about form than function, they thought I'll change them once I marry them. They found out you can't change them. Listen, people don't change after they get married. They let the real cat out of the bag. You ain't going to change them, which means all you're doing is setting yourself up for a lifetime of conflict. And so you got to determine, you're going to make sure that you are with people that are helping to move you in the right direction. Again, Paul, he says this in 2 Corinthians 14, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. So compatibility is the most important criteria compatibility. Out of everything, do I like him? Do I like his abs? Do I like his eyes? Do I like his parents? What kind of car does he drive? Is he in school? Those might be all okay things to filter through. Number one criteria is do they love Jesus at least as much as I love Jesus? Amen. Other translations that some of you are familiar with is, again, in the New Living Translation, we read 2 Corinthians 6.14. Paul says, don't team up with. Probably many of you are familiar with or possibly heard where he says, don't be unequally yoked. Don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. And I've talked about this in the past, but what he's talking about is is when you would yoke an animal, when you would saddle an animal and an animal would pull a plow, and if you have an animal pulling a plow, that's great, but sometimes you need two animals, and you want to make sure you have two of the same kind pulling a plow Or he says this, and so that's what it means to be unequally yoked, is when you get like an ox and a horse pulling, they're unequally yoked. They're underneath the yoke pulling something. And here's just two things. Let me give it to you. Being unequally yoked causes us to stumble. If you are dating somebody, come on, I wish y'all would hear me. If you're dating somebody that doesn't love Jesus at least as much as you do, they will cause you to stumble. We want somebody that's going to pull us to their Savior and not push us into sin. And if they don't have the standards they have, they're not going to wait, want to wait as long as you want to wait. I'm preaching better than y'all are helping me. So you want to make sure you find somebody that's helping you make commitments and not compromises. Number two thing is being an unequally yoked. Yoke doesn't just call us to stumble, causes us to struggle. Just in a little research, something I, I've never found, something I've never seen before, is that yokes are made specifically for specific types of animals. And so what they have found out in the process, they, meaning, I guess, farmers, is when you would put a yoke with an oxen, that that, that, that yoke that fit the oxen okay, what it does is it fits the horse poorly, and the horse can't pull as much in the direction he needs to. In fact, the way the yoke hits him it, it makes him, it makes him have a hard time breathing. And so I just wrote this in my notes. Some of you are choking because you're connected to the wrong person. And so you need to get yoked together with somebody that's compatible with you, and if I can emphasize it again, primarily having that same call to spirituality. So again, we're talking about this idea of making sure that they're compatibility, which means, I don't know about you guys, but before you go dating, make a list. What are you looking for in your spouse? Make a list. What, what, am, I, what am I looking for? Listen, don't wait. Everybody knows this. You don't go shopping when you're hungry cuz you don't come home with what you want you come home with a lot of stuff you regret. The same way you shouldn't go grocery shopping when you're hungry, you shouldn't go dating when you're desperate. Cuz someone will sell you a lemon. Cuz you just feel I got to have somebody. I'm tired of being alone. So you just jump in the dating scene cuz you got to find somebody next thing you know you got somebody you regret. Make a list. That way as soon as you meet somebody, nope. Nope. Do you love Jesus? You do? I'll get back to you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Make a list. Just determine. Come on. I wish all of you in this room would do this. If you're dating somebody right now, forget you're dating them. Make a list. What kind of person, what quality of person, what character of person do I want to spend the rest of my life with? Then hold that list up to the person that you're beside, and if that's not them, it's been nice knowing you, but I'm going to find my at last. Number three, is this helping anybody? Am I just offending everybody? It's okay, I'm all right with it. (laughs) Healthy dating requires research. Test drive is a smart move. It's like, I know people that buy, (laughs) they just buy stuff and they don't even look at it, don't test drive it, don't go check it out. And you might luck out and find something. But if... If you're approving, and I, this is just me, it's not, I can't point to a scripture, but I can point to a lifetime of experience. If you're agreeing to date somebody that you've never actually met, but you, you connected with them on a dating app, that they put, the, they put the picture of them 15 years ago when they were 40 pounds lighter. Let me, let me, let, y'all don't, just, I don't know if you know this, people will tell you what they think you need to hear so they can get from you what they want to get from you. Yeah. It's, a, it's unfortunate, but it's true. People will sell you houses, and they won't really tell you everything because they want to sell you a house or they want to sell you a car. And so it's, the, it's up to the due diligence of the buyer to do their research. Right. Listen, you need to get a car fax on the person you're dating. How many wrecks have you been in? How many accidents have you had? What is your miles per gallon? Tell me what kind of baggage is still in the trunk before we get too far down the road. Like you owe it to yourself to do some research. Do some research. You say, well, how do I do research? Ask them questions. Ask them the same questions the next time you go on a day. If you get a different answer, they're lying to you. If you get the privilege to meet their parents, don't be like, hi, it's nice to meet you. Ask him, tell me, about, tell me about Brandon when he was growing up. How was he? Did he have good friends? How was he? Like, do, I'm telling you, jump on social media and don't go back two days. Go back a year ago. So I'm telling you, like, scroll, scroll, scroll. And if every time you scroll, you see a picture of a different girl, Run. If they're telling you how much they love Jesus and every other picture, like, come on, they're at a party. They're in, the, in a place that you don't want to go to or you don't want to be drove to. Come on, if ever, then listen, just run. Come on, everybody shout run. run. Everybody in this room, everybody in Lawrenceburg, everybody watching online, you deserve and God has for you. You're at last. But if you're not willing to check out the compatibility, not willing to do your research, if you're not willing to go into it, committed to the process, you will not find it. You'll get with, stuck with somebody you're going to end up regretting. Healthy dating number four. Healthy. Now listen. This is not. This is not. Let me. Before I get this point, this is not in contrast to the three I've given. This is in complementary. So these go hand in hand. Healthy dating requires compromise. While you should never compromise your compatibility, you sometimes need to make modifications to your expectations. See, here's what I'm telling you is, have you ever gone looking for something you wanted to buy and it just wasn't on the market? Or have you ever went looking for a car and you found your car, but you couldn't afford it? Some of you are going to get mad at me. See, some of you don't have the credit to get what you want. What I'm telling you is, you just your standard is so high. It's so I need I need a man, and he's got to be graduate. He's got to have at least a master's degree, and he's got to have a full time, and he's got to have a nice car, and he's got to be in shape, and he's got to be able to do this and do this and go here. And if he ain't got none of that, uh uh-uh, he's out. Well, where you been? What kind of job you got? Where'd you go to school at? Now, again, I'm not telling you to compromise. Don't compromise on character. Don't compromise on the, in, on the inner stuff, but be willing to make some compromise on the outer stuff. Like, I would like a thinner dude, but he's a good dude, and he loves the Lord, and, man, he treats me well. That's a great dude for me. Because I'm telling you, the looks, you're, the looks you're buying on now, come on, somebody. Listen, I don't buy a car just on how it looks. I want to know how reliable is it, what kind of miles. Because, listen, looks don't last, baby. Come on. Listen, all the sheen lines eventually turn into curves. The six-pack will turn into a keg, I promise you. It just happens. So if you're like, I'm marrying him because he looked good. Well, you're going to divorce him in a couple years if you marry on looks. you got to compromise some of your expectations. It's unreasonable for imperfect people to expect others to be perfect. I don't know if you know this, but cars are complicated things. Like it, it requires, and I know some of you this is some of you need to write this down. It requires more than you just putting gas in the tank every three or four hundred miles. You gotta change your oil. You gotta clean it out every now and then, you gotta take it in to get service. Every, every now and then it's gonna get a hiccup or it's gonna get a flat tire. Let me ask you a question. When you get a flat tire or one of your a little yellow light pops on your head, which one of you here get out off the road, get out of your car and abandon the car and never go back? Nobody. <laughs> We go get it fixed. We go work on it. People are far more complicated than cars. Dating's far more complicated than taking care of a vehicle. And I'm telling you, you're going to have some hiccups in relationships. So while you shouldn't compromise compatibility, you should be willing to modify your expectations, which means, like, he's not as perfect as I thought, but he still loves the Lord. He's still got his acting, right? I mean, she's still, like, sometimes you got to be willing just to dial it back and say, I'm not perfect. She's not. I've got a couple accidents in my past. Come on, isn't it funny how when you want to go buy it, when you're trying to sell a car and it's had an accident, oh boy. how you want to sell it, well, it wasn't that bad of an accident, like it was just a little fender bender, wasn't no big deal, like we got it fixed, but when you're trying to buy a car and someone's trying to sell you one with an accident, you're like, what kind of accident was it? And you don't believe anybody, you're like, no, nah, I ain't buying that. Listen, accidents happen. Be willing to show the same grace to others who had accidents as you have. We don't trade it in on a first problem. We shouldn't just stop on a relationship. If you're in a relationship and things are okay, things are healthy, things are moving in a great direction, listen, be committed even when it's difficult. <coughs> Number five. Oh, I like this part. <laughs> healthy dating should lead to a, lead to a contract. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Come on. That's what I'm saying. Put a ring on it. Listen. If you went and you sat at home and said, okay, here's what I'm looking for. I can afford a $9,500 car. I need something that's kind of family-oriented. I need something that's got some space. I would kind of like a red car. It doesn't have to be red, and it needs to have like less than 75,000 miles. You made your list of expected. Now you go shopping around. You find a reputable dealer. You go in and you talk to the dealer. You test drive it. You do the research. But the goal is for you to sign a contract so you can take the car home. The goal is to be like, that was a nice, nice test ride. Let's go do that again next week. Listen the purpose of dating is spouse selection. It's a test drive for marriage Once you ask them out once you spend some time once you've done your research Once you get maybe nine months or 18 months down the road I know that's quick for some but come on you got to do the thing at some point The goal is to sign a contract and say we're no longer boyfriend and girlfriend. We're not a a thing We're committed. We are husband and wife. We're in the context of marriage and relationship forever And I love it because I finally found my at last if you're dating somebody and there is no contract on the horizon, go find somebody who will give you a contract. I'm still preaching. <laughs> I know one of the things that has made this very complicated is, is, date, is, is sex. And it used to be, and, I, and listen, you, you, there ain't no need to anybody send me an email. I get it, but I go with the Bible. Sex was intended to happen after marriage. Now culture changed and it used to be how long do we date before we have sex? And now c- culture has gone crazy. Now it's no longer how long do we date before we have sex. Now culture's like, how long do we have sex before we date? Yeah. So now it used to be date, marriage, sex. Now then it was then it was date, sex, marriage. Now it's sex, dating, probably not, but maybe marriage. I, I put this in my notes earlier, and you ain't got to go back to it, but on the point, I'm talking to people back there. Listen, if, 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 you want, if you want the relationships other people have, or if you don't want the relationship your friends have, then quit dating the way they're dating. Uh, wow. date, date to get what other people have. Find out. What, what did you do to find your significant other? So, remember I talked about the test drive? I wanted to make sure I clarified this point. Living together and sex is not the test drive. That's reserved for ownership. If you're not clear what I'm talking about, don't drive it like you own it until it's yours. See, my my wife, she's she's, kind of looking for a car. I kind of like she's looking for a house. <laughs> and so we went to look at a car. And so we get in it, and I'm sitting, there, since she's the one that's gonna drive this car, she's driving it. The sales lady, she's in the front seat, and I'm in the back seat. And so my wife's like, she's driving like. <laughs> our culture is so sensitive. I have to be so careful. <laughs> driving Miss Daisy. I mean, she's like, I'm like, babe, listen, this is not how you drive. I've seen you drive. Hit the, hit the accelerator. Like, let's figure out what this thing can do. And so she started driving it. She started doing the research, but she started, I think, maybe going. And the person was like, whoa, whoa, you might want to slow down a little bit. What she was saying was you can push it and decide if you want to buy it, but don't drive it like it's yours until you own it. And I'm telling you, listen, sex should be reserved for marriage. Now, listen what I'm about to tell you. If you don't, if you don't go with the Bible, let me just go with biology. Because God made the human machine, and he made it very specifically and very relationally for a reason. Sex before marriage chemically releases two things. When you have sex with somebody, whether you're married to them or not, it releases dopamine in the system, which says, Mmm, that was good. Do more of that. Can some married people like, Sex is good. God gave it to us. (laughs) Greatest gift he ever gave. Come on, somebody. Woo-woo for sex. And it also releases oxytocin, which is a bonding hormone. It's the same thing that's released when a mom is nursing her child. There's a bonding thing, which means this. When you're having sex with people outside of marriage, oftentimes you are creating a bond with somebody you don't want to be with. What you're doing is you're making sure you're getting connected with somebody you're not committed to, which means you go have sex with them. Now God created your body to do what your body does, not just physically, but chemically. Now you want to have more sex with this person. You feel connected. Then you get a little bit down the road and you start doing your research and you find out, I don't want to be with this guy. But now you're already connected, which makes it hard to be away from him. That's why there's booty calls in the middle of the night. You, like, you ain't even with them anymore, but you still find yourself going to their house. Like I came to talk real today because God wants us to be healthy and whole in our relationships so you are setting yourself up for relational failure when you have sex before marriage and you're like but pastor like man i'm grown and they're grown and like man god put chemicals and all you're talking about god made the machine god put chemicals in my body like i want to have some you know how you then sign the contract and you can do it not as much as you want that's for next week i find out that's not true that's not true that's not true But a lot more than you had when you were single. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I'm so out of time. I cut about half my... I'm like deleting stuff this past week. I'm like, I can't say that. I can't say that. I'm running out of time. Real quick. I love this scripture. This is such a great scripture. 1 Timothy 5.2. Listen to what Timothy says. He says, treat older women as you would your mother. And treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Which means, now women, this is to you too. Don't let a man treat you this way. Men intentionally treat your woman this way. If they're not your wife, as far as morality and as far as purity, if they're older than you, come on, that's okay. That's my mom, as far as how you treat them in standards of purity. If you're not married to them yet, there ain't a contract as far as purity, that's my sister. Went over better when I was writing it down. Last thing, I'm so out of time, but I got to give this. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Paul said this, and Paul was speaking in terms of moving further in his relationship with God. But I believe this principle applies to life. He says this, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. I just came to really issue a challenge to everybody here that's dating, that wants to date, that will date. Or you have friends or family members that one day, either they are dating or will date, for you to just to challenge them to put away childish things and grow up. When I say childish things, adults know the laws. The laws of love, the laws of holiness, the laws of grace, the things that make a Christ-centered relationship happen. And the second thing I wrote down is that we got to make sure we can reach the pedals. You got to be able to reach the emotional and commitment pedals. If you ain't ready, come on, if you ain't ready to hit that commitment, come on, emotions, you got to manage that stuff. God, help me to grow up. Help me to find my at last. How many of you in this room, either dating, will date, or you're with somebody want dating, you want to do a better job? that you can either yourself experience or you can help someone experience you're at last. If that's you, I want you to lift a hand. Come on, everybody here. Y'all, my daughters, I'm not dating anymore, but I still, got, I still got a daughter and a son. I want them to find their last. Come on, if that's you, I want you to lift a hand. So, Father, I pray all over this room in the name of Jesus. I pray for couples that are here dating. I pray for individuals that are here alone, not dating. I pray for those who one day want to date. I pray for all of us, Lord. Help us to stop mimicking and following the patterns of this world and expect to have what you want us to have. I pray that you would put in every person's heart a desire and a passion to have their at last. And we can only get there by following your standards. So Lord, I pray help us, God, to be intentional, to be selective, to be clear, to strive for compatibility. God, to look forward to a contract that we can have our our at last. And Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name and everybody who agreed. Said amen. Amen. I love you guys, man. Have a great day. Listen, next week, week three, relationship goals, marriage, make sure you're here. We'll see you guys then.